Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And I am so super excited for today's episode. I have with me my friend, Teresa, who is a director of operations, and she will get into a whole lot about what that is. On this episode, Teresa and I kind of geek out on tech, but it's a good geek out. It is something that you can listen to and say, oh, good idea. Hmm, I hadn't thought of that. Or even whoa, I really need to take a step back and look at what I'm using and how it's all working together. One of the things that I found fantastic in this episode is how Teresa describes the lifetime value of a tech tool. That's probably about 10 minutes away. So you'll get to that and it'll be really awesome and fabulous. Before we get there, I want to remind you that I am here to serve you and to help you with whatever I possibly can. You can book a call with me to say, this is what I want to hear on the podcast, Jamie. Thank you very much. And all you need to do for that is to go to callwithjamie.com. And then also, if you at the end of this episode are like, I need a tech audit, just go to techofbusiness.com forward slash audit and book your audit. I have spaces available. I am making sure that I have enough of those available for the people who are asking for them. So you shouldn't need to wait more than two weeks for a tech audit. Now with that, let's get into this conversation with Teresa because I said it was going to be about 10 minutes from now and I wanted to keep that promise to you. Teresa, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. This is going to be such an informative and educational episode, as well as a ton of fun. So before I go off and rattle on the mic for five minutes, let's cut over straight to you. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me on here, Jamie. I'm so excited to geek out on tech and systems with you. It's, I think it's one of our um, overarching like passions, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. So I'm Teresa Beretta. I am the CEO of LoopLink, a operations management coach consulting firm. And what we do is provide integration and implementation services to creative agencies. Nice, nice, nice and succinct. Teresa and I met through a now mutual client where I was hired to do a tech implementation. Teresa had come up with the strategy of what we were going to do and needed to find someone who could actually implement it. And my name percolated to the top of the list. And next thing you knew, I had implemented it and I had a new systems friend in the process. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you do for your clients and how that integrates um, technology in their businesses um, and just makes their businesses run the way that it needs to. Absolutely. Absolutely. This one is going to be a fun one because oftentimes um, it's not something where it's like, oh, you're this and people connect with it, right? Um, as we are growing in this online space, 
new things or new um, new uh, services and um, new capabilities are being provided every single day, right? And so how I like to describe it is that I actually serve my clients through providing them with fractional leadership. Um, so I don't come in as just a consultant or a service provider. I come in as a strategic partner uh, with them where I am um, working with them in the depths of their business. So I go really deep with them in their business and understanding what are their, their goals, their aspirations, what's the vision of the business, and really synthesize that into a project plan and a strategy where we can um, achieve them effectively and efficiently in the most profitable way. Um, along that journey, we put out a lot of fires and figure out how to kind mm -hmm. of uh, make sure it doesn't happen again or minimize that cycle, right? Because as we continue to grow, there's always going to be new fires that we have to approach. And so that kind of drives me towards um, how does tech run into a lot of all of this? And I like to consider myself as a techie um, and I do a lot of research of tech tools on my free time. <laughs> and I think that's one of the attractive reasons why uh, my clients hire me on is that um, I love getting into the thick of understanding what are some of the require, uh, how specific tools function and whether or not it would be a really good match for my clients um, business models. And I often find that um, being the matchmaker of it all, it's fun in that sense, because then we know um, what would be the lifetime value of that tool um, with that matches with their their business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I really like that term, the lifetime value of that tool. So let's, let's bring that into practicality because I don't like to keep things theoretical on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I want someone to be able to say, oh my goodness, Jamie and Teresa were talking about the lifetime value of a tool. I think that this tool or that tool might be reaching the expiration date in my own business. So let's kind of dig into that a little bit. When you say the lifetime value of a tool, how do you classify that, characterize that, utilize that in decision-making? Yes. So typically, oh, this is going to be a loaded question and hopefully it's not going to be like a huge run around. <laughs> <laughs> we can break it apart all yes. you need to do. Absolutely. So it's really funny. Um, well, not really funny, but when we get started on this journey, we typically like to understand what are some of our biggest goals. So for example, if one of the biggest goals is to double your profits, how are you going to get there and what kind of tech tools or software platforms, methodologies will get you there? Mm -hmm. We often can just quote unquote ad hoc a bunch of of, of platforms together by right. building the bridge through, for example, Zapier, <laughs> right? Yep. Or do we, um, you know, go with a platform where it does have the higher price tag, but it's going to carry us through um, the storm into where we want to go. So for example, let's talk about like a bigger tool um, with a bigger price tag, such as Salesforce or like, you know, a more business management type of tool. Now with those types of, um, uh, tools, they often have a higher uh, price tag on a monthly basis or even an annual basis. And sometimes we might get frightened of how much that tool really costs. But we take a look at how much um, that tool actually contributes to our efficiency, our performance, 
our knowledge transfer, our um, ability to react quickly, or even be able to proactively plan, those all add towards the lifetime value of that tool. So right. typically, I always like to put the benchmark of any tool that we take on at a three-year plan. Because in the first year, there's going to be lots of waves. There's lots of like trials and errors, lots of kinks to work out before you really start optimizing on that tool. Year two is when you start optimizing and really working um, in alignment with that tool. You're finely tuning and everyone is on board and everyone is optimizing that tool. And so you're going to see that um, reflective in your bottom line. Now, year three, depending on how fast you have scaled your business, you may have found that you're starting to outgrow that tool, right? Or maybe that tool, you might need to um, go on to the enterprise level or that next level up for that tool. If not, you might have to start e evaluating whether or not that tool will carry you through to the next three years or even five years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can stretch its lifetime value to year five before you need to switch over. But typically, large organizations, that's how they work, right? Is in order to really maximize their, um, their uh, investment into that tool, they want to be able to at least reach that five-year mark with that tool before they consider another, another tool um, to carry them through to the next five years, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, so I really like this concept of lifetime value of a tool. And it, it goes into even when you're deciding on a tool, you can say, okay, I am going to commit to this tool for three years. I'm not going to commit to this for a one on a month to month basis because you have to put your brain in the right mindset of how is this tool going to serve my business and help me toward whatever that goal is. If you're trying to double your profits and the tool costs 10% of what your profits are right now, you don't have to double your profits. You have to double plus that extra 10% that that cost you because you know, you have to not look or you have to realize that you're really only going to get to 90% in order when you're implementing this tool. And so like, Let's think about a simple, relatively inexpensive tool like Zapier, mm -hmm. okay? Zapier has three or five zaps that you can do for free. I can't remember at the moment. I think it's five, but it's five linear tools. And you can do those for free. The cost of that tool, the lifetime, you know, that tool will last. It'll do what it needs to but it's not doing very much for your business. It's not going to help you towards your massive goal. It's more of a crutch. Yes. When you go and you say, okay, I'm moving to Zapier at the starter level. All of a sudden you're taking money out of your business on a month to month or annual basis. And you're saying, this is now a valuable asset. It's no longer a crutch. It is a fundamental component of my business. I'm gonna have this tool lift some weight in the business. That's right. <laughs> and then you get to figure out if that, if that piece of technology, if Zapier or whatever other tool you might be looking at is going to stand the test of time of those three years. Year one might be making all of your zaps and seeing which ones work and which ones don't, turning this one on and turning that one off and all sorts of things like that or tweaking them as they go through. Then year two, you're like, hey, this is smooth sailing. And then by the time you get to year three, you keep bumping up against the upper limit of 
the number of zaps you can do and you have the choice. Do I upgrade from the starter level to the next level and pay Zapier more so that I can increase my efficiencies, I can increase the power of this tool or not? Exactly. I think you just laid it out in such a clear and concise way. And Zapier is definitely one of those prime examples, right? Of when, how far do you want to take something before you realize that um, it, it's no longer serving you as well? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, another way to think of Zapier is let's say that you're using it um, in the free version. You could set up three different zaps that act on the same trigger to do three things, or you could set up one zap on the paid version that does all three of those things nice and succinctly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that for the growth of anyone's business, that going to the paid model where you have fewer processes and more efficiencies just makes sense. That may be justification unto itself. So I, I feel like that's really the power of having this right-hand gal or, you know, of this director of operations in your business is they can see how things work to make your business run as opposed to, I want to do this as the business owner. Exactly. Or this tool looks great or so-and-so is using this tool. Maybe we should be using it too as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the biggest powers um, I always love doing and providing to my clients is the, the evaluation of those tools, right? Mm-hmm. And really understanding if it does really um, match up with where the objectives are. And, um, you know, if profit is a huge matter to you and your, your organization, then you may not want to have a high subscription um, with a fancy tool instead, like going with a tool that, may not be as well known and uh but serves the same purpose right right or has can fulfill in other ways as well so for example <laughs> thrive cart or slam cart right? that's, <laughs> that's a great that's, one <laughs> <laughs> yes and you know like wordpress or thinkific or uh to teachable each of those have a unique functionality, but it just really depends on what is your unique functionality and does it marry up together? Yes. You know, I was having this conversation with a new client. Uh, he's local here in the Seattle area. I was just having a conversation with him a few days ago, and we were talking about whether we get his WordPress site back to working in the way that it needs to, or we move over to Thinkific. And I did exactly that kind of analysis. I said, okay, so if we put X amount of money into getting whatever's working, working, and then we have these ongoing expenses of your Thinkific on a monthly or an annual basis, your plugins or themes on WordPress on a monthly or an annual basis or a one-time fee. And we basically, we listed them all out. We said, okay, there is going to be an expense to get things working no matter what. Put that in your left column, put that in your right column. And then there's the ongoing expenses. And if you look at that three-year time frame of your ongoing expenses and your initial startup and everything else and you tally at the bottom, if the two products can work the same and deliver the same functionality to your end user, then bottom line is what you need to look at. And we determined with this particular client that 
they own enough software licenses that the WordPress solution, even though it's going to cost more upfront for me to get everything working, was a better financial decision for their business than to move everything over to Thinkific because the startup cost was just that much higher. So it's really kind of fun to be able to step out of the I want to create and I want to deliver and actually look at what is the best for the profitability of this business. Yes, exactly. And there are tools that will contribute to that. And it's just about, um, again, going back and slowing down this process and um, really evaluating, you know, how much it will be contributing to the bottom line and also as its own lifetime value, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you say that, or when you have an initial conversation with a new client and you're, and they're thinking about bringing you into your, into their business, what kind of decisions do you make about their business to say, yes, I can really truly help them? Ooh, that is a great question. I think oftentimes one of the key um, connection points is, uh, it, apart from tech, it lies in the processes and systems that they have either existing or non-existent in their business. Mm-hmm. I think typically that is what will contribute to whether or not I, um, I find that there's a good fit for us to work together. And one of the biggest drivers is the willingness to let go. So oftentimes, <laughs> as we grow and scale our, our business baby, it's really hard for us to let go or to fully trust in, um, in, in um, your, your hire or someone who you're going to be bringing on board because, you know, you, no one else can do it as great as you can, for sure, because you've done it for so long. Right. But it's about trusting and easing into the process of handing it off and, and believing that it will still deliver upon what your expectations are and being able to get it done in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you scale. I mean, you can't do everything yourself forever unless you want to stay a baby business. And some people do. There's mm-hmm. no question. Some people want to stay a busy baby business and they want to stay in control of everything. And that is completely fine. But if you're ready to move up and to, to go to bigger things, I heard you say, you know, the systems and processes that you have in place or don't have in place. Are you saying that if someone has absolutely no systems in place that you may still come in if they have the willingness? And, you know, also on that, on that note is what kind of systems would you hope to see when someone is reaching out to you? Yes. Oh, that is so good, Jamie. (laughs) So good. So in very few times, actually, would I be willing to take on a client who has absolutely no systems in place. Um, It depends if they came through as a referral um, and if, um, as bad as this sounds, there's a way to save them with systems, right? Because Mm -hmm. obviously at the point when we get connected, they're in massive overwhelm and everything is in their head. That is the biggest key is it's in their head and whether or not they will have the time for us to sit together and really like um, extract it all from their head. 
if I see that those, um, those key parameters are in place, then I might be open to taking them on. But typically, I would like to see that um, in any organizations that I come into, that they at least have thought, have some existing processes in place. So for example, the intake process or a client fulfillment process. Um, because I'm not here to make you sales. I'm here to be able to help you um, uh, from the inside out. So we start with making sure that you're able to holistically run in efficient operations, which in turn will be able to support you with your sales. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So as long as you have those components in place and that um, you have a good sales process in place so that you can focus on your, your sales process and I'll focus on your operations process. That's how we make a winning team. That makes really good sense. And so I, I'm just thinking practicality as people are listening right now and they're saying, well, yeah, most of my systems are in my head because they're just for me. Where do they start? I mean, where do you start getting those systems out of your head if you are thinking, yeah, in like six months, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to want a director of operations. Where can you start now to make things easier when you're ready to bring that person on? Yes. Oh, that is so good. I think the best thing to start is um, the the best place to start is actually in your fulfillment um, processes, because in any any time that you are bringing on a new team member, it typically wouldn't be for sales, unless mm -hmm. if you have like a really high um, uh, sales initiative. But typically what you would want to do is um, make recordings, write down short step, uh, step notes, um, record them in bullet points on what it is that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you're looking, if you already start, if you have already started feeling the growing pains, the best thing to do is just to start um, with a high level map as well in understanding which components make up your business. So for example, um, sales. Uh, if you are in the coaching industry, then you would have like a coaching structure in place, right? Uh, scheduling, uh, calendars, communications, those components make up the fulfillment process. Mm -hmm. And so it's just about understanding what efforts are being put into where. That, that makes really good sense. And then of course, we're going to come back to the tech because yes. Everybody is using tech in some way, whether they're using tech um, and resisting it, using tech and embracing it, it's still a big, big, big component of things. So when I'm talking to a business uh, about the tech that they're using, and all of a sudden I come up with six or eight different tech tools that they didn't even think about on the forefront of their mind, usually I say, okay, just start writing down what, what tabs are open in your Google browser or in your browser. What are you using on your computer? What, what applications are being used? Where do you store this? Where do you store that? And, you know, you just kind of get a punch list of all the different things that you touch. And, you know, I mean, some people talk about, you know, creating ideal weeks and ideal months and, and, and tracking, you know, all of your business related productivity. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about the nuts and bolts. And so 
by doing those exercises that are for other purposes, but just tracking, okay, I touched Thinkific from 9am to 4pm every single day. Well, that is a tool that you need to make sure that anybody that you bring on and that your director of operations that you bring on, that they can feel confident and comfortable with that. Or you might've documented 18 tools that you touched in a single day and say, Oh my goodness. I think the first thing that my director of operations needs to do is help me reduce the number of tools. So just because some of those systems and processes um, come up, come from other sources, doesn't mean that they're still not practical for bringing on a director of operations or streamlining and systematizing your tools or things like that. I don't know even where I was going with that, but I know you and I are both here nodding saying, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. It's so funny that you mentioned that because in my discovery calls and also as, a, as well in the deep dive sessions, we go through listing out the tech tools that makes up their business operations. And about 80 to 90% of the time, we uncover other tools that they unknowingly or subconsciously use that mm -hmm. they don't even know that they use, um, right? So for example, like uh, Calendly or even Outlook or even uh, some of the hidden tools that I've seen is both Dropbox and Google Drive, for example, right? <laughs> yeah, they just say, I just store it. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. But it's if you're touching it, if it's holding a component of your um, of uh, some of your business documents, any business related items, it is a part of your toolbox. Mm -hmm. So everybody's toolbox is really, really big, and we don't even realize how big it is. It's just one of those things, and it's okay. There's no shame in that. Um, if someone were to ask me, to challenge me, to tell them every single tool that I use on a daily or weekly basis, I think they'd get tired before they finish the end of the list. It's mm -hmm. completely okay as long as you're not using the same using three different tools for the same functionality. That's where you can have efficiency improvements. And that's where, you know, we go back to that lifetime value of a tool. Okay, well, I always use Dropbox, but now I have to pay for Dropbox, but I'm, I've got G Suite. Why don't I leverage G Suite and the file structure and file systems in there and not pay for Dropbox and G Suite? I mean, those are efficiencies that I'm sure, Teresa, you find ways to make those things work all the time. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think like one of the conditions that I always have with my clients, and it's a transparent conversation, right, is that any recommendations that I make, it there's always a 360 view to it. And there's a reason why that recommendation is being made. And hopefully as, you know, a, um, a knowledgeable business owner that you're going to be able to make those decisions. Um, and sometimes as hard as it is, because, you know, sometimes we have those overlapping tools because there's a function or a feature of it that we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's about sacrificing that, right? Just for the efficiency of your, yep. your business and the profitability at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I think that that is so, so relevant and everybody can kind of take away from this episode something that they can go and look at and see if they can improve and systematize a little bit more or reduce redundancies just a little bit more. You know, I could probably sit here and talk with you forever, Teresa, but I want to respect the audience's time and make sure that they keep this podcast episode actionable for them. So 
as everybody knows, it's time for Teresa to share a little bit about how you can connect with her and learn more about her. And then we'll go to our curveball last question. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Jamie. And I am quite sad that our time is wrapping up. But if you're ever looking to connect um, and just to uh, get to know each other a little bit more, I love having virtual coffee chats. And you can connect with me through my website at looplink.com. So it's L-O-O-P-L-I-N-C.com. And I do have a special um, package, free package, to help you with your systematized uh your, your journey to systematization is with my SOP bundle that you can uh, download and start your journey today if you are looking to actually hire six months down the road. That is awesome. Thank you, Teresa. We will have links for all of that stuff and I will uh, pull together a few social links too, just because I always like to have those in the, so in the show notes. So that'll all be in the show notes. And as this conversation has gone really deep into technology and into systems and things like that. So I want to go to a little bit of fun. What has been the most interesting tool, tech tool that you have found for a client that you're like, oh my God, we found like the best possible situation, best possible tool that's going to help you make leaps and bounds, something that you could have, could have found it last week. You could have found it three years ago. I'm just curious if there was like something that just like made you just jump. Yay. We found this and what that might've been and what you were trying to accomplish with it. Yes. Yes. Oh goodness. Um, I'm going to have to think back a little bit. I think it would actually be one of the underdog project management tools that I have found for one of my clients earlier this year, and it's called Nifty PM. Mm -hmm. So it is a um, con uh, it it is a rival of ClickUp, and one of the better tools that I've I have used. Um, it's a small startup tech company, and what it did was it replaced um, it, it uh, replaced a lot of the other. Uh, tools that we use, such as Toggle, uh, Trello, it replaced Trello, it replaced scheduling, like there was so many components that it kind of replaced. And I was mm -hmm. like, yes, yes, no more like, you know, four or five tools in order to just get this one task done. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's so fun when we get to find things. And so for the audience, if you are thinking that you need something, go ahead. I'm giving you permission to go and Go on a scavenger hunt and see if you can find that tool. Like, Teresa found it for one of her clients, and I bet you can find it for yourself. Or look at your director of operations and say, hey, can you find a hidden gem out there somewhere? Mm -hmm. Yes. And the key is to make sure it's a right fit for your business. Absolutely. Teresa, thank you so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. It's been fun and I wish you a happy rest of the weekend day. Awesome. Now, I hope you are inspired to look at the tech in your business with an objective lens. Don't feel like you have to change everything all at once. That's not the purpose of this episode. That's not the purpose of this show. I believe the reason why you love this podcast as much as I do is because it gives you sparks and it helps you look three, six, 12 months down the road to say, this is where I want to be and this is the tech that's going to get me there. 
Book your tech audit with me now by going to techofbusiness.com forward slash audit. And let's just lay it out on the table so that you and I can both see the best way forward. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Tech of Business community. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.